0: Welcome, Mystorians. Host Austin, he they she, and host Brenda, she her, have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries.
1: ninety-four of secret histories of nerd mysteries. My name is host Brenda.
0: I'm host Austin.
1: Austin, I'm currently in Etsy hell.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing you do. I was, I was gonna ask how it's in the house of, how. It... Hi. I we talk on this audio only medium, and I can do that. Uh, I was gonna ask how it's going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's going pretty good. I wish it was like this all year. Here's the sound of all of the um. The shipping labels I printed. I don't know if that's that's picking up.
0: No, that's a fat stack. You can can tell because if if you take a moment to think about everybody, a shipping label is like a sticker. That's the sound of stickers. How many stickers does it take to make a
1: noise? (laughs) It's like a big old wad of stickers. And it's not even all of the stickers. Please check out (laughs) BrennamakesThings.etsy.com.
0: You gotta respect plug. the hustle. You gotta respect the hustle. Yeah,
1: not not sponsored.
0: Hi, this is just our show. <laughs> Who's gonna this stop is, yeah. us?
1: This is <laughs> just what I do. I <laughs> print get an email endless... from Mr.
0: Max Fun. Uh, excuse me, if you're going to run, you up... can't
1: chill. Yeah, you can't chill your own shit. <laughs> so my my holiday season is going. I mean, honestly, I like it because it keeps me busy and it makes yeah. me feel like I have a job. You do um, have. As whoa, opposed... whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> We're not we're not talking down ourselves in this show. I will come to your house. I will skip work today after this recording and drive to your house.
1: We have not seduced the advertisers yet. We need to get we need more sexy, more <laughs> b- more <laughs> bling, more relatable Zoomer humors.
0: This is gonna be the one that they sample when they decide to <laughs> give us ads or not. It's gonna be this one. We need
1: to relate more to the Gen Z crowd. Um,
0: (laughs) I actively won't learn. Hey, Gen Z, Gen Z, listen close. Lean in, lean in for this one. A-A-V-E isn't your slang. You're using get wrong. You're using it wrong. You're using, you're actively using it wrong. You don't know what it means. Stop saying it.
1: What was the one that they were saying millennials kept getting wrong? I'm trying to remember. It was,
0: there's, I don't know.
1: Oh, there was, it was a whole flim flam. It was like the, the millennial, like person, like manager kept saying like, I'm. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It wasn't throwing hands. It was. Oh my God, it's at the tip of my tongue.
0: Out of pocket. (laughs) Oh, right. They're like, yeah, people, Millennial say this out of office. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck? Are-? No, they don't. No one says it <laughs> no, like that. No, no and one that, You said- know what? No, you know what happened is like I tweeted it. I was like, no one says it like that. And then a bunch of white people were like, <laughs> people yeah. showed wouldn't-. up. And I was they just were like, like when did this mean-? happen? They're like, I've never heard that before, but I that would make sense. It means that and I'm like, what are you talking about? No, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> First of all, it was
1: like, in this moment, I didn't feel more culturalist because I kind of, I exist in this weird space where it's like I am both white and not white at mm the same time. mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I feel very not white in this moment because that's not how you use that. (laughs) That's
0: not how you use it. And it's, I can't trust enough, it's not even a new word. I I learned it from my mother who is in her 60s now, I think. Like, it's not, like, new. This isn't, like, new sl- They're like, it's new slang. I'm like, it's actively not. It's actively not even close to new. It's not
1: new. <laughs> yeah, like, I went to, like, it was a uh, New York Post article is where I found the source. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it was, like, Millennial uses Gen Z slang, and it's, like, no, out-of-pocket is old. old. Like I don't know what to say. That's, like you're just. That,
0: I don't know how to stress that so many things. People are like is Gen Z slang. I'm like that's literally from my mom's Boomer era. It's mm-hmm. it's actively <laughs> AAVE from like the 80s and 70s.
1: How about you bring back bitching? Like
0: news. hey, white people, listen, <laughs> you got some great slang. Bee's knees. Yeah. Best slaps.
1: Bee's knees. Yeah.
0: Best slaps. Great. Love you, it. You got it right. That was that's a good one. Go to your roots. That's not the news we we're going to talk about. <laughs>
1: Now that we have alienated the entire Gen Z demographic, now that the and children also, have
0: gone to bed.
1: <laughs> now that the children have gone to bed, they're like twenty five now. Yeah,
0: they're like not kids. I'm so no. sorry. I hate it when people call me a kid as a millennial. You're actually yeah, you're not a child. And a that's why I'm on your ass.
1: It's like we are like what mid millennials, millennials is um the the youth say yeah. um, <laughs> and people still refer to us as children. And yeah. it's just like
0: I don't know what to tell. you I right? have a, I, I have a mortgage, bro. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. I don't. I am a freeloader. I essentially live as a child. Anyway, <laughs> let's roll into the news segment. Yes. Love. News. All right, so this week on the news, it's only a couple days after we recorded our last episode, so, like, really nothing has happened, and yet so much has happened. Mm -hmm. David Zaslav continues to um, (laughs) pilot the Hindenburg that is currently the (laughs) Warner Brothers company and has announced that, uh, okay, so, well, initially, the news has changed a little bit. Initially, the announcement was that all Looney Tunes properties were going to be removed from Max. Max. (laughs) hate calling it that was going to be removed from max their streaming service and everyone was panicking and they were just like looney tunes why are you getting rid of like all the looney tunes stuff the news has changed it's actually just looney tunes back in action which Which is is still a tragedy it's a tragedy it's a tragedy
0: but it's valid no (laughs) it makes more sense (laughs) i I don't think anyone's gonna miss that but me and brenda
1: (laughs) yeah it's like i own a physical copy so i'm not watching it on max anyway (laughs) so it's just Looney Tunes back in action. But I don't know, like, were they initially planning on, you know, getting rid of all of it? And then they, like, backtracked, to, like, oh, no, we're just going to get rid of, like, the space jam that you guys don't like.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't. Allegedly. That's what it felt because like it was in there as many companies do that, are, that have streaming services they release they're like here's a list of stuff coming in december and here's what's going to leave at the end of december which it, which makes sense and a lot of the list was like holiday stuff which makes sense it was like after december pretty much all the christmas know the halloween movies are going to be taken down which mm-hmm. i don't know again i don't run a streaming service i don't know if it matters i'm like do you really need that much space in your server maybe they do i have no clue it's most likely probably because all the you know the strikes have resolved well the writer's strike has resolved and they've signed the, as of this recording, the screen actors guild strike is in, they're like, they're voting right now, I think is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm sure they're just planning on like when these deals go through, they got to pay people real residuals and they don't want to pay on things people aren't watching as like f- feverishly, you know, like don't keep, yeah. why, why would we keep Elf up around? You know, they're just, they're trying to save money it, and it, Fine. But in the list was like weird stuff like like Looney Tunes. And I think when it was originally posted it just said Looney Tunes. And so yeah. people are like, Uh what?
1: It's <laughs> like there was legitimately a list that was going around of like all of the Looney Tune projects. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where did this list come from? Did yeah. someone just make it as a as a jest or did Discovery Warner Brothers David Zaslav actually announce that they were going to be removing like all of the Looney Tune shorts yeah, from it was- streaming?
0: It was hard to track. I think it was hard to track, is especially in a world where like they can edit their original post, and uh, mm-hmm. you you won't really know. I know by the time I first saw it, it said Looney Tunes. By the time I sent it your way, it said Looney Tunes back in action, and I couldn't find it saying like Looney Tunes. And so I was like, did I? I was like, did I imagine that?
1: Yeah. No, but like the news was that Looney Tunes <laughs> was gonna be. Re- it was. Yeah, like it, I swear it, to God. And
0: these media companies, they're not going to address it. They're not going to address the discrepancy. They're just going to point We won't know. They're just going to point at the official list and be like, that's the list. And so we'll never know if they were going to try and do it and see if people noticed or not. And I think that comes into the danger of lost media. I don't know how much of Looney Tunes you can watch outside of Max. But I know if they took the Looney Tunes library off of Max, it'd be it suck. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. cool stuff in that library. Uh, it but- feels
1: like that's where it should exist if it's yeah. going to exist anywhere. It's there, and they or don't- they
0: make their own site, right? It's there, or they make like yeah. here's a Looney Tunes service. It's a dollar. It has ads, but it's every Looney Tunes short. <laughs>
1: (laughs) Or, like, legitimately, just put them on YouTube. Yeah. Like, every old Looney Tunes short, just put it on YouTube in a playlist with ads. Make a mega cut. Like, people will just put that on in the background. Like, Looney Tunes is great to just have playing in your house. Like, we own the DVD, the golden collection of Mm. classic Looney Tunes. It's just good stuff to have on in the background. And while you're cleaning, you just mm kind of, like, stop and, like, watch a little gag and then go back to what you're doing.
0: And it's so important to the history of media and animation, especially in America, that I'm, like... I don't know if it needs to be behind any kind of paywall. It feels like it should just mm-hmm. be, like, available.
1: Classic Looney Tunes should just be available in
0: the public domain. Yeah. Period. I, you can find, like, some stuff that just hasn't been taken down, but I don't think there's any place where it's officially uploaded that isn't behind a paywall. Be it streaming or, like, Boomerang will still play them sometimes at, like, weird hours. But, I mean, that Looney Tunes is, like, Looney Tunes is literally a straight line to like, how we got the like, animation arms straight in America. <laughs> yeah. I can I still I there's two things, or two things I should like to say. And then I'll mm-hmm. let you finish. One. Yeah. I ca- I cannot believe they canceled the World Runner Wiley Cody movie that everyone was excited about. That was finished? Yeah. That's yeah. obscene.
1: That is obscene. You know, especially th- and then to like try to backtrack and be like, "Oh, we'll let someone else distribute it." That's fucking wild. Can you what imagine do you like
0: Why would you do Disney that?
1: <laughs> Yeah, Disney being like, "Oh, this company gets to distribute our Lion King sequel."
0: Like yeah no unhinged. you know it's that's it's ridiculous You sound i do like it, and then the other thing is i do enjoy that the plot of space gm2 is what if an ai controlled all of our content and then they announced this year that they're investigating an ai controlling their content release windows yeah. and like coming up with ideas <laughs> and i'm like huh hmm huh hmm <laughs> you didn't watch your movie <laughs>
1: David Zaslav watched Space Jam 2 and just, like, completely <laughs> missed the entire He's like, point. Don
0: Cheadle's the, the Marvel superhero guy. He's the good guy in this, right?
1: <laughs> he's like, I'm the Don Cheadle. <laughs> I'm Don Cheadle here.
0: <laughs> oh, A God. One day, David is gonna listen to this and call Max fun. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're gonna sue us into the ground. Yeah, and
0: listen, David, I, I mean... Never, I'm not worried. But someone, someone like they like were on your ass on CNN, so <laughs> he's, he's got he's not gonna worry about me on my little podcast show.
1: When mainstream news is on your ass, you've really fucked
0: up. Yeah, like. listen, I don't pay attention to media. No, no. <laughs> Ooh Well, we have a short break here. you hear about some amazing Max fun shows, and then we'll be right back with our topic for the week. Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with Celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics, all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in life, culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe, on MaximumFun.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Night night. Love ah, it. Topic of the week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 I had a nightmare last night. Okay. It involved that song.
0: <laughs>
1: no, I, up. <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm trying Was to think what celebrity. Free? No, it was just, like, a celebrity that shouldn't have been trying to sing it was singing it, like, um, just badly. I don't know who, it was, like, I'm going to say it was Amy Schumer, but I don't think it was Amy Schumer. (laughs) It was, like, that kind of feeling, that vibe, and it was just, like, It was just, like, it was,
0: it was, like, not Scary Nightmare, it was Please Make no. this Stop Nightmare. Yeah,
1: it was more okay. so just like, why is this the song in my nightmare? And then you started thinking about it, it was just like, holy shit.
0: Our <laughs> future vision is unhinged. We're back. Anyway, I didn't send Brenda any cryptic hints this Not a week. one, I have no clue. I would just, you know what? I, You know what? I fucking 360 no to John Legend last week. Maybe you can. Let's see. What do you, what do you think?
1: <laughs> I think the topic is...
0: Trolls. <laughs> Troll. <laughs> trolls. Do you trolls the movie or trolls the the dolls? Both. Okay. Uh, that's not correct.
1: <laughs> Can I just say really quick? I've not seen a single trolls movie, and everything I learn about mm. every consecutive movie makes it more inscrutable. Like, what do you mean Amy Schumer is the villain <laughs> okay. and she? She plays a talentless hack who needs to siphon, who needs to suck the energy from trolls.
0: That's one of those things, like, (laughs) with how the public has been feeling, I won't put my own feelings into it, with how the public's been reacting to Amy Schumer, that like the editors working that movie must have been like, oh, damn, her, her PR is not gonna like that.
1: The, the casting people were like, she will never accept this role. She will read the <laughs> description and just be like, I can't do this right now, you guys, because everyone says I'm a talentless hack.
0: Some people are built different, and sometimes it's better, and sometimes it's worse. And I'll let you decide which one it is. We're talking about <clears throat> trading card games.
1: Oh wow, that's like the opposite of Trolls.
0: I tried to look into how many trading card games exist, and it's too many, and that's not data anyone counts, and I was not going to track down every trading card game in the world and count them myself.
1: Sorry. Hey, hello. This is Brenda from The Edit, and I just would like to say yes, there is a Trolls trading card game based on the movies. Um, I looked it up. You don't have to tell me it exists. I looked it up. It's real. Okay, bye. Trolling card game.
0: All right. Trading card games are powerhouse in the gaming and or toy industry, depending on which one you count it as. In 2022, they were evaluated to be $6.39 billion as an Ooh. industry.
1: So I've worked in a like a store that sells trading cards. And let me mm-hmm. just tell you, feral.
0: Yeah, <laughs> People Nothing. who collect
1: these things are feral.
0: Hand over fist, the thing that's probably making any store of trading cards, any sort of like stuff in it and also trading card games it's like a specialty shop trading cards are probably making the money because a booster pack is like anywhere from four to eight dollars depending on the brand and like if it's like a special one because sometimes they're special Mm -hmm. compared to like a full board game or something right but like if someone comes in every afternoon because they're they're like an adult with a full-time job, and they're like, it's $4, versus coming in and getting one board game. Over time, you're going to make more money on the person who buys a trading pack every day on their like, walk to lunch.
1: 100%.
0: The market estimates that they'll see a roughly 8% growth per year from 2023, so from this year, as we record, until 2030, which would put it, by my math, around $12 billion. Oof. We don't have the data for 2023 because we're not done yet, but the la- last year they made essentially $6.7 billion. Which is obs- That is just trading card games. I, we one day we will talk about the toy industry. <laughs> it is it is an obscene amount of money. I promise it's more money than anything else you consume. It is wild, but we gotta ask a question around these parts. Oh, a question? And I have many questions. Like, how do we get trading card industry? Why does it feel like overnight in terms of business sales? Like, they just popped up. Like, it's essentially, if you go back, like, people point to, like, the 90s and they just came out of thin air. And I'm like, that can't be correct. What is it that got people the pump primed for trading card games to take over the world? So let's start with the story everybody knows, which is the story of Magic the Gathering. You ask anyone, you ask Google, you, you throw it in it all everything is like magic the gathering is the first collectible card game which is another word for trading card game a collectible card game or a trading card game is a game where you buy cards typically in a booster pack sometimes you can buy them on a starter deck most trading card games have adopted the starter deck method as the bigger ones like pokemon and magic have done but you buy the cards and then you can use the cards to make your own customizable deck to play the game
1: essentially someone was just like what if we make baseball cards not useless
0: (laughs) so that that is a collectible card game is you can collect the cards and you can make your deck and you can play if you can't do those if you can't do both those things collect cards and make your own deck that is technically not a collectible card game it's just like a card game magic gathering came out in 1993 and that's like where people point to is like that's the start as Brenda pointed out, a lot of people do point to baseball cards being an influence in the very existence of collectible card games. And I mean, baseball cards prove that people like to open packs of things. They'll buy a pack of a thing that is technically bubblegum is what you're buying. And you get to collect things and you can trade your things to friends. Then you can like you can try and collect a whole team or maybe have a player or, you know, you like trade them around. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a big hobby. The tradition as we know, it dates back to 1951, 1952 with tops. There are older versions of baseball cards, which we'll get into, but that's kind of like when it became mainstream, let's say. By the 50s, people are keeping them and being told by parents to keep them nice. They aren't because they're kids going to like the candy store in the corner and buying baseball cards, but by this time, people understand the idea of collecting things by the 50s. It was a big hobby, especially for the youth of America, as I put in my notes, where they learned to use paper to buy other paper to maybe one day sell for more paper as i like to describe the cycle of collecting paper I'll, i say for comics i say for cards you're you're using paper to get paper to maybe one day get more paper
1: more paper <laughs> and um i mean this would eventually evolve into buying nothing to get nothing to have nothing yeah. which is the cryptocurrency market
0: <laughs> it's wild it's you know what it, it is it is all tied to how i why and how i think this industry even works and it's so mm-hmm. interesting because i mean
1: we make it up. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's, it. it's all it's made so, up.
0: So Topps releases baseball cards, They release them through seasons. So what I mean by that is like baseball happens in seasons. For those that aren't sports nerds, I'm not. I learned this while doing this research. But they release them like throughout the season. So like in the beginning of the season, they release a certain amount of cards. And as the baseball season goes on, they release more cards. Mm-hmm. What it created was an interesting phenomena where when they used to do that, because they did that for a while until 1974, when they did that... The cards that came out later in the baseball season are worth more now because less people got them.
1: Oh, so everyone was like really hyped up at like the beginning of the season, and was yes. like, "I gotta get them," and then they just forgot.
0: <laughs> yes, because baseball goes on for a long time. Even though it's called America's pastime, football is a more popular sport. More people watch football. So as the yeah. season goes on, football would start, and people would start to slow down on the like going to baseball games, buying baseball cards. Like they would kid kids again, like. Kids are the main collectors of these. Like, adults also were, like, buying baseball cards, but they're marketed at kids. It was in bubblegum. A bad bubblegum. Yeah. Topska bubblegum is bad. <laughs> but it was in bubblegum packs.
1: That's very similar to what happens with comics as well. And, like, yeah. a lot of people don't know this. I have to tell my dad this all the time because he'll be like, oh, this is a number one. Is this worth money? And I'll be like, no, because they no. printed 50,000 no. of yeah. This first, everyone's like, the first edition is the one that's going to be worth the most. So, for example, when Marvel, yeah, absolutely wrong. When Marvel rebooted the Star Wars comics Mm -hmm. and got that license back from Dark Horse, Mm -hmm. they release, like, you know, the new series and the number one comes out and Mm -hmm. everyone's freaking out and losing their shit Mm
0: -hmm. and it gets
1: reprinted, like, I want to say it was like six times. times. Yeah, it's because it's the number they want.
0: They want people to read like they know we're going to talk about speculators, but they know speculators Mm -hmm. are going to buy it regardless. But they also want people to actually read the book and to buy it. So they need the number ones out there. So people get hooked.
1: Yeah, so they continuously do like new prints of it and new prints will have like different covers and they'll say like, "Oh, sixth print." But like the sixth print of that Star Wars release is worth more than that first print is yeah. because there were so many copies of that first print that were printed because speculators perceive it to be worth more and really it's
0: So funny. Market
1: doesn't work like Yeah, the market no. doesn't work like that. <laughs> let me tell
0: you, the the probably the most expensive copy of any book of a modern book, let we won't even we don't have time to get into like historically why some books are worth more but of a modern book is probably gonna be like issue 68 or something where no one read it that's gonna yeah th- nothing even happens in it it's just like oh no one has 68 that's weird <laughs> like,
1: the first that's cover yeah the first cover appearance of Kamala Khan is worth more than the first issue that featured her so like the first issue of Miss Marvel yeah. her cover appearance in Captain Marvel which was a second print of an issue that is worth a lot and yeah. I, I had a couple, and I sold them, and that was a mistake. Mm. It was a regret.
0: Because that's not the one people keep. Like, I, I sold yep. you first cover appearance of Black Panther when you worked at that game and comic store. Because, again, it was worth more than, like, I also have a first comic appearance, but it was worth more. Because no one keeps the first cover appearance. That's not, like, yeah. that's not what people perceive to be, like, worth the money. You gotta, if you gotta do stocks, you gotta do stocks yeah. smart.
1: <laughs> it's stocks, yeah.
0: And it, it works the same way with the with these baseball cards, right? Like the later seasons, people aren't buying as much. They're not as collected. A lot of them being sent back or they just sit in the stores. I, I couldn't find a lot of data on, like, in terms of returnability, which is what we, which is the word people use for, like, if no one buys it, can I send it back? Because again, bubblegum is in there. Like, there's, it's food. So mm-hmm. you can't really send the bubblegum package back. So I'm guessing they just got tossed, you know? Yeah, in a dumpster somewhere. In a dumpster or like people bought them. They didn't really care about the cards. They just wanted bubblegum. <laughs>
1: the disgusting. <laughs>
0: like, you know, I don't I don't know. I couldn't figure out like what happened. Like there were more because there's less out there. But my guess is they got dumped. They ended up in landfills. You, you know, it was gum and paper. So they're, they're long gone. You're not going to find a crate of them it's not the et game in
1: comic books we literally rip the covers off them and put them in a dumpster
0: which is obscene
1: it's obscene it feels so bad i've done it you literally Oof. you rip the cover off and you put it a pile in and you ship the cover back because it's cheaper to just ship the cover and then you chuck the
0: <laughs> well we, the, we would send me the head so i know you did send it send me
1: the heads of the book yeah it's like we would keep the innards and use them for craft projects
0: wow Mm -hmm. that's i mean that's kind of cool the craft project but like send us the cover back why i want to know the job's done (laughs) i want to know that you didn't sell this you didn't keep it (laughs) (laughs) and that is kind of how everything flows until i said 74 they stop the like seasonal and they just come they come out in waves and they keep changing how it comes out but like it's not like a seasonal thing it's like the new cards come out with all the new players and the new teams etc in 1991 they get the gum out of the packs because those kids from the 50s are collectors now and they're complaining because it ruins the card and again there's there's gum in there and there's like a there's like a protective tissue but like they stain whatever card is nearest to like the protective film
1: yeah like gum is like not completely flat it like kind Mm -hmm. of leaches through the the oils of the gum
0: it's a non-newtonian solid yep I mean, especially, imagine you live in, like, Florida, and it's on, like, a shipping container, oh. like, to your, like, you know, like, that gum is gonna, it's gonna be melty. Especially if yeah. these cards are coming out, like, like, the summer package comes in, you're like, oh, these cards are, all the gum melted in this pack.
1: Oh my god, it would have been so funny if, like, the industry had, like, taken a turn where it's, like, it's more valuable to have gum ooze <laughs> on it.
0: Residue. Well, I mean, going back to comics, and I knew we talked about comics on this, and going back to comics, like, like they're also more they're worth more when you have the older historical books if the ads are still in them,
1: yep, no one's cut out the coupons,
0: and as it would be the same kind of thing, right of like, ah, yes, this came from a tops pack pre nineteen ninety one you can tell
1: cause... you can tell because it's
0: covered in gum residue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they would have like a funny name for it. They would call it like, "Oh man, I can't think of anything witty that would be so fucking funny if I could just think of something the, clever
0: the, the gummy. The, it's the the, mm, the gum store the gum gumshoe gum, shoe. gum. Gumsho-
1: oh it's been gumshued they would say that <laughs> it's, it's like gum-shoed. this one cuz like this comes straight from comics like so instead of ripping the covers off of old mm-hmm. comics they would put a punch through them and oh. you refer yeah so if you get like an older book that has like a hole through it you call that a punchy it's a punchy book um, uh, so they, they would call it they refer to it as a gumshoe
0: that would be so funny <laughs> Hey baseball card collector, let's listen to this. Get on you it can be get you could start this. Get on the Reddit and start this just start This is so fucking clever. <laughs> but I mean, if you play your cards right, <laughs> uh you can make a lot of money. <laughs> you can make a lot of money on these baseball cards. And I have a little media clip here now to Ooh. demonstrate that exact phenomena, but it's just by like how much people will spend on baseball cards.
2: Uh So just how much will some people spend on a baseball card? The top dollar seems to be rising rapidly with a new record set this week and it's likely to be eclipsed soon. That's crazy. Here's a look at these sports card sales by the numbers. $7.26 million. That is how much a 1909 T206 Honus Wagner card sold for yesterday, according to Collectibles Marketplace. That is the most expensive sports card on record. It actually blows away the previous record. A mere $6.6 million paid a year ago for another one of the extremely rare Honus Wagner cards. You have to keep in mind, only about 50 to 60 of those copies even exist. But a 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie card goes on auction in a few weeks. Starting bid there is 7.08 million dollars and it's expected to go for around 10 million bucks. Back in 2000, a $1 million baseball card made history as the most expensive card ever sold. Today, more than 20 sports cards have cracked the million dollar threshold. Cool.
0: So that card they talk about, the Honus Wagner card, is pre these Topps cards. It's from the 19, it's, that's all the 1900s, which is weird to say, but it's, it's like from, ni- it's like 1909 or something, from 1909 to 1911. These Honus Wagner cards, they were printed for American tobacco companies tobacco was is and continues to be a powerhouse of an industry i would never want to upset the american tobacco company they're scary they're scary people (laughs) like
1: millennials we were like we're not gonna smoke and the the tobacco company was like all right you get to not smoke Hey, Gen Gen Z.
0: Z. Gen
1: Z, would you like a (laughs) fruit-flavored tobacco stick?
0: (laughs) So Hornace Wagner cards, one of the reasons they're expensive is because that player, Hornace Wagner, objected to his likeness being used for these American Tobacco Company advertisements. So they only made a few of them before they had to stop. Mm -hmm. In that clip, they also mentioned the Mickey Mantle card. That's actually not his rookie card from 1952. That's a 1952 Mickey Mantle card from the Topps bubblegum line. His rookie card was made in 1951 by a totally different company. I think it's like Bowen or something was the name of the company.
1: Well, they're not still around.
0: (laughs) How much money do you think that 1952 card eventually sold for Mickey Mantle?
1: Five million.
0: Twelve point six million dollars.
1: Good Lord. Jesus.
0: I tried to figure out why people wanted Mickey Mantle so bad. He's seen as like one of the most popular players of all time, one of the best players of all time. I couldn't, like, me, Austin is not in baseball world enough to figure out like but why is he worth 12.6 million dollars as a card
1: he it's is gotta be just because he kind of exists in like outside of like that um because you know there's like players like babe ruth and yeah. probably some others that like mm-hmm. everyone knows about i don't know yeah. mickey mantle is if no. someone was like mickey mantle i'd be like uh, like the M- mickey mouse's cousin
0: <laughs> yeah i I had no idea. I, like, read a little about him. He had an interesting life. He was, like, very, very good at baseball. But what I know is his cards sold for $12.6 million in an auction. That is how much money is in this, like, world of, like, collecting mm-hmm. these cards and selling them. Like, when you are someone who has that kind of liquid cash to, like, be buying these collections and, like, trying to resell them, like, that's, like, that's, like, a ca- that comic speculators could never.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we have, like, this, like, kind of precedence of this paper having like perceived value how does that mm. translate into trading cards
0: baseball cards at this point now are like collectibles
1: mm-hmm.
0: highly collectibles you can trade them <laughs> but they are not games at this point no but what if they could have been
1: what if baseball card fun secret histories of nerd mysteries will be back after these messages
0: somewhere in an alternate universe where Hollywood is smarter.
2: And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Jet Pacula, Airport Marriott, Frepple, Dear America, We've Seen You Naked, and Allah in the Family.
0: In our stupid universe, you can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org.
1: Welcome back to Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries.
0: Someone tried, many people tried. One of the first precursors to modern day collectible card games is a game called The Baseball Game by the company Algahini. They made a prototype that went to the marketing stage in 1904. It would have had 112 cards, and that's all we know of it. It never made it to like full selling print. Some people have found those 112 cards and they've been auctioned off. No one has the rules anymore, so people oh, don't know how no. you would play it. And as far as we know, the 112 cards that have been, like, slowly auctioned off and found over time are the only cards that exist. Oh, wow. A little fun fact for you, Brenda. This company mm-hmm. was based not only in Algarhenny, Pennsylvania. They also had a home company. They had a home office in Detroit.
1: Whoa! Yeah. Everything is Michigan.
0: Everything is Michigan. Mich- like, I forget that Detroit's, like, a really big deal, especially for the, 19- like the early 1900s. In 1951, the same year that Topps started printing their baseball cards... Before they put them in the bubblegum, they released a game that did get released called the baseball card game. Different than hmm. the baseball game. <laughs> Players bought randomized packs and could build decks. Then there's like a baseball diamond that they moved around the baseball diamond after their, they drew their hitter card. Ooh. The note is only one player really was active, like, sort of in the way of like, there's the active team in baseball who's like hitting and the team who's pitching. But the game didn't didn't have a way to imitate that like pitching team. So like only one player was like really playing at a time. Really? Interesting. But th- it was a it was a game. It was a
1: game. It was a reason it was a game to collect with these cards.
0: cards. <laughs> and you had packs and you built decks. They were not really seen as collectibles. Like the collectibles were still like the other cards. Like these this was like a this was like a game you bought. I'm sure people now collect them just because like it's an old game. People collect old games, but they weren't like collectibles in themselves. There are some other precursors to collectible card games that are of note because they come up and we get to modern day, which is Stratomatic, which was like a statistics baseball game. And then there's another board game called Cosmic Encounters from the 70s. This one was a big deal because it was a game you played with cards. The cards were in the in the box. Like I was going to say, I,
1: I was like, I think I've played Cosmic Encounters.
0: <laughs> you probably have. It's like yeah. Guinness World Record, like in the Hall of Fame for games and toys. Like it's a, it was like a big deal. The creator for it actually said in, like, the late 70s that they foresaw one day someone would take their game and make it just, like, a standalone where you didn't have a, a board game element. Here we are. The year is 1991.
1: I'm not dead. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a company There's a company called TSR that owns Dungeons & Dragons, which owns the <laughs> RPG market. But another small company is formed in a basement that wants to change who owns the TTRPG market called Wizards of the Coast.
1: Wow, what a little, tiny, small company I've never heard about. (laughs)
0: It's a little guy. They want to break into the alternative game market, as it is called at this time. They're like, it shouldn't just be one company. We'll do it, too. So, 1991, they met a doctoral student named Richard Garfield, who had a dream to make a game called Robo Rally. And Watty told him, no, absolutely not. We don't have the money to make a board game. (laughs) But hear hear me out, kid. You make a game that can make us money, and then we'll make your game. (laughs) (laughs) wild thing richard garfield was a doctoral student he was he was a doctoral student at like penn state for uh i think medicine if i remember right i didn't write it down i was just like what do you mean he was a doctoral student
1: yeah what Uh, do you mean he
0: yeah he was a doctoral student uh and he was sorry mathematician so unshocking that he pumped out what become magic gathering in like a year so yeah, him and, and some friends, they were like, we want to make this game. Mossy's like, we don't have money to make that game. Make us a game that uses minimal resources that people can play in 20 minutes. So he did that. He took elements from Cosmic Encounters, where you use a deck of cards to play a social style board game. And then the game Stratomatic, where you use statistics to build a team to achieve your goal. Oh. He fused those two elements, along with a game he'd been working on that he was calling Mana Clash for a long time, and made Magic the Gathering. This is not without some complications, which I'm not going to belabor too much because it's not the point of this topic. But Wizards of the Coast was in a lot of lawsuits in the 90s, (laughs) like a lot of lawsuits, like a lot of lawsuits. And so the way they protected this IP to not get taken, because it almost got taken, is he made a shell company that was technically making the game, hoping to sell the game. Mm. Even though he was absolutely making the game for Wizards of the Coast. Eventually, when he finishes the game, they buy the patent from his company is what happens.
1: Ah, sneaky. So...
0: July 4th, 1993. Origins Game Fair. Origins, if you're unaware, is like a very big game convention for the game industry. It's sort of like what like C3, the Consumer Consumer Electronics Expo, it's a lot like that where it's like, it's a very big deal and it's very well attended, but it is very much for the industry and not for like common folk. Like if a common folk went, they they may not have a lot of fun because it's very much like industry
1: yeah it's very like let's cut a deal let's go have a meeting let's like yeah. you know like there's fun things to look at but also it's like this is mostly about like let's sell some stuff
0: right exactly they released it 1994-93 at origins game fair the face of the gaming industry changes forever the initial print was 2.6 million run of cards they sold mm-hmm. out at origins damn the next run was 8 million cards that went out to distributors gone 35 million run gone they could not Dang. make enough of these cards. They yeah. cannot keep up. Product comes in and is not staying on the shelves for very long. Dang. This continues for quite a while. Between from like when it from when it launches, that trend continues until about like 1998 and they start to see like sales are dramatically drop off. Oof. Until what do you think comes out in 1999?
1: oh i wonder could it be a little known franchise called pocket monsters
0: yeah 1999 Wizards of the coast gets the english license for pokemon once again you cannot keep the cards on the shelf it is like here and gone and we lived through that i remember like we lived through this, i want to get yeah. in, i want to get into pokemon cards but by this time all the all the original collectible card game fans from 1993 that were like maybe they were teens maybe they were 10 you know are like older and have jobs people smell money
1: oh yeah they're like there's blood in the water like (laughs) they're like this is gonna be the thing
0: this is the thing and much like 90s and comics it bloated the market ask brenda how much death of superman is worth (laughs) oh death of (laughs) superman yeah worthless (laughs) worthless absolutely worthless but like the '90s were like speculator haven. These these chuckleheads were like, this is gonna be worth four million dollars one day. Yeah. Because this is this is a time when a lot of people's parents are passing away and they're selling off their stuff and they're like, my dad's baseball cards worth how much? Like that kind of thing is happening.
1: Yeah. Exactly. there were like the baseball cards are worth this much, like the Superman run is worth this mm-hmm. much, Detective mm-hmm. Comics is worth this much. So this is the era of holographic covers, tattoos <laughs> in the back of the
0: issues. Um the bag, the Death of Superman bag, oh my god, the bag. Oh, the
1: bag, everyone's like, the bag is still sealed, and I'm like, that doesn't make it worth more. <laughs>
0: like... Nobody cares, bro, they made 400 million, t- I don't know how many they made, but.
1: They made so many, Death of Superman was insane, like, there's so many out there. And then Return of Superman, which is also polybagged, mm-hmm. worth even less. <laughs> People so see people that are, bag and they're like, the, they're Yeah, like, oh, I
0: gotta get that's that's worth some. The, the bag. Is, these these companies are playing on this. And the thing that is interesting in doing this research, the the retailers know, and the retailers understand like it's just gonna bloat the market and they're gonna be holding the bag. Because the way mm-hmm. the, the way that these stores work, like the way like Brenda, you can explain like how the store you worked at works in terms of orders. Yes,
1: yes, orders are placed months in advance, it's all prediction. You have to predict like what the what the demand is going to be. And likely when you get your product and if it sells out really fast, it's already gone. You can't order more. So you have mm-hmm. to like, try to like look at trends and like figure out what the market is and hope that you have enough. And then you have to hope you don't have too much. Cause if you mm-hmm. go too hard and it's not successful, then you're, you're stuck holding the bag. You're, you're stuck mm-hmm. with it. You can't, you can't move the product and then you can't mm-hmm. get more product. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's inscrutable and yep. impossible to win.
0: I- at this time, like these these things are not in big box stores yet. Mm-hmm. Pokemon hits big bo- hits big box stores in the two thousands, but this is so far this is like hobby shops. And the way that market works, like I don't know about big box stores, the store buys it, and like the re- the sales data is the data from the store buying it because the yeah that's who buys it from the company. You don't you at this time you're not de- buying directly from Pokemon. You can do that now. No. You can order directly from which is the coast to order your magic cards now, but you're buying from the store. So it's like the store sales data and stores see writing on the wall because by the two thousands, the Pokemon bubbles popping. We we were children. Pokemon is like, we're moving on to the next thing and they yeah. see their sales dipping. And it's just, this like, all they did was make a bubble inside a bubble. But watsy didn't matter because they Watsi got that sweet Hasbro buyout from that Pokemon bubble. <laughs> Hasbro was like, "Oh, you making real money?" And then they bought them, and they're like, "That's good luck, everyone else."
1: Yeah, and by watsy you mean Wizards of the Wizards Coast? Wizards
0: of the Coast. My bad. Sorry, everybody. I this is a I work in that industry. We call them Watsi. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I think it's literally something from working in games. In like, yeah, that's working in games
1: them. and with them. Yeah.
0: The bubble starts forming in the 90s. They make a new bubble in the late 90s with Pokemon. And both bubbles pop. Bubble. Stores don't stop caring, but they carry a lot less. Even when games like Yu-Gi-Oh! took off, hobby stores weren't really interested. Yu-Gi-Oh! is the first one to get into a big box store.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like with every subsequent release, the attention goes down. So you have like, you yeah. know, like Pokemon was like the peak. Yu-Gi-Oh! comes out, a little less attention. Still a big deal. Duel mm-hmm. Masters no yeah. one cares
0: <laughs> no one cared because yugioh i remember yugioh the friend i talked about early in the show mm. he would go to like hobby stores and would take me with him because he could drive because he was older and mm. they didn't have yugioh cards at the hobby store they had pokemon cards and this weird game i didn't understand which was magic
1: i still don't understand magic i can't blame you
0: <laughs> but toys R Us had, had full-on yugioh tournaments because yeah again big box stores have more capital they can risk it they can be yeah. like Kids watch this show, they'll probably buy it. Worst case, like, we buy this stuff half off and we send it back for half of that if we don't sell it. Because big box stores can, like, leverage more of these companies and be like, no, here's what you're going to do. You're going to sell it to us at 40%. And if it doesn't sell, we're going to send it back for 30%. That's what you're going to do, actually.
1: It's like Toys R Us has the advantage of seeing the data from just, like, the toys and the action figures Mm -hmm. selling. And they're like, oh, well, like, in correlation with these selling, we could probably also sell
0: this game. And I mean the market shrinks a bunch and it starts to grow again in 2006 for Magic: The Gathering. From 2006 to 2009, a lot of new lifeblood comes in. There's a whole thing about like counterfeiting, huge all this stuff is happening. But you're also wondering, and maybe is too, why do cards sell for so much? How do they yeah. how does it work? It's how? two things, two things. One, you already, we were talking about speculators. Speculators drive markets, and it's obscene, and it sucks.
1: Mm-hmm. They're the worst. No offense. They
0: make those special but- covers. They make those hollow cards. They make those pre-release packs. Speculators gotta have them. And yep. speculators, like, they're not... they Some of them maybe have fun, but they're here to make money. So they will come in and yeah. min- spend, like, $500 on, like, buying... Those store's entire like booster boxes they're like yeah sure because i need those like four cards that i can sell for a thousand dollars for this weekend only
1: and then around this time we also have the creation of ebay and yep. online selling happening at the same time which makes like mm-hmm. i i think overall ebay was like a detriment to like the selling yes like, the speculative market <laughs> yeah because like and i know this personally because my dad used to sell pottery oh <laughs> he used to yeah my dad used to collect and sell, um, oh man, am I forgetting? Roseville, Roseville Pottery. Uh, okay. um, my dad used to collect and sell Roseville Pottery and then mm-hmm. he had like all these like big books of mm-hmm. like what everything is worth and like that all just went out the window when eBay kind of came around. So eBay threw yeah. a wrench into the collector's market as a whole.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's e- to this day eBay is like, can be a blessing or a curse for many mm-hmm. people, for many reasons. The other part of this, is actually something that I, as I, I, I just took a step back and at I was like, "But where is the answer? This is what's happened. What's the answer?" I had to look. I had to look into my own background as a therapist and a psychologist. Oh. The answer why this why this works. If you ever wonder, like, how come I want booster pack? It's because of operant conditioning. Ooh. Operant conditioning is the method of learning that uses rewards or, or punishment to modify behavior. So, in a this is like from B.F. Skinner behaviorism. So the typical idea is like. You can teach a mouse to pull a lover to get cheese, or you can teach a mouse that touching a lover will hurt them if you deliver a small homeless shock. Mm-hmm. So through operant conditioning, people have learned when you open this pack, you get a reward. You get cards. Ooh. It goes one step further. Like, some Magic Gathering, like, there's always one shiny card, which they yeah. started doing because of counterfeiting, funny enough. <laughs> Even oh, so interesting. They, they made up a proprietary way to, like, like technically the Magic, the magic Gathering cards that are foiled... Are, is like a proprietary method so like they know it's real i, I don't know much more about it be, for that exact reason like they don't share how yeah. they can tell it's real but they can another thing to note just an aside i'm talking about the american trading card game industry i know in japan trading cards there's a lot more and they've been popular for a lot longer
1: yeah was dual masters created as a way to get magic the gathering into the japanese market <laughs> yeah but that's another yeah. day
0: so opera conditioning. And this upper conditioning goat is a generational thing because, again, baseball cards have been around since the early 1900s. For oh. years, people have learned if you get this pack of stuff, you can open it and get something you want, maybe. All you have to do is keep trying. And now they have learned if you get this pack of stuff, not only do you get a reward now, you get a reward later because you can sell this for more money, Maybe
1: so it's an investment
0: it's an investment and I people even talk about it like that how many yeah. collectors have you talked to of of anything that is random comics cards toys beanie babies bean babies how many things would they say it's okay if i spend this much money it's an investment
1: yep so many
0: and so that is that is like how we get to now where collectible card games are a 6.7 billion dollar industry and Dang. a huge I mean, just a huge powerhouse. I mean, it's so interesting because, like, to this day, you can see the straight line. Baseball cards are even kept with collectible trading card games in most big box stores. They're right next to each other. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, sport cards are also having a heyday. They're also, like, in a resurgence.
1: Yeah, people are just, like, really invested in investing right now. And I think, Mm -hmm. like, now that people realize NFTs are worthless, (laughs) they're (laughs) investing. You gotta buy paper
0: with your paper. To get you more need paper a physical,
1: yeah. You need a physical thing in your hand, or you're gonna be stuck with a a bored ape, or a stoned yeah. cat, or yeah, a sad and panda. Useless. Yeah, it's like that's just a picture. It's Just a photo. It's a JPEG.
0: I'm taking it.
1: Yeah, I can just and control I- shift <laughs> co- shift command four. That's my that's I have a Mac, so it's <laughs> it's different. Um, and take a picture of your ape.
0: And I think the thing that sucks the most about this is just like with baseball cards, collectible cards. Not so much with magic, but the idea is like this. In- like these things were made for kids. Mm-hmm. Like baseball oh, cards are yes. made for kids because they were like, well, we can't keep selling people tobacco, apparently, so I'll we'll sell them <laughs> bubble gum. But it's like when adults come in, like it's impossible. Like Magic: The Gathering. I would be floored if I saw a child at a Magic: The Gathering event that was not like. Being footed by an adult. I know recently, like a kid won a big tournament, but it's like, I mean, I didn't buy those cards. Like, I mean, we but we talked about Pokemon recently, like how awful <laughs> adult Pokemon collectors can be when yeah. it's like they make them. The Pokemon company is so so clear that they make them for children. They are so clear yep. that this is this is a children's IP. We glad you enjoy it to the point where like you the 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 museum you talked about, like the museum is like we're not gonna sell them anymore. Where target's like, we're not gonna create these cards anymore because people are being trampled. Where McDonald's employees are being shouted at over like McDonald's Pokemon cards, like it is
1: Sauce.
0: Sorry, that was a different (laughs) topic, but (laughs) sauce, also sauce. But I mean, this idea of like these things being collectibles, I think is a giant hindrance to them. I think we should just call them trading cards. I think we should make so many of them that they're never worth money, Mm -hmm. and then it should just be fun. But that will never happen. At least when it comes to Magic the Gathering, which is, depending on who you ask, the biggest trading card game, Magic and Pokemon both claim it. I, we only have their data. So
1: it's, <laughs> it's hard to know. They're both like, but, I'm the biggest one. And then it's like, okay, we'll share the numbers. And they're like, no. <laughs>
0: yeah. But Magic, at least, has an official statement on like how they will always make sure that their cards remain collectibles as a promise to their community. Because, again, speculators run markets. And yeah, if you lose the speculators, such, yeah. you're going to lose your money.
1: It's such a big, like, money thing for them that, like, yeah. they have no incentive to stop.
0: They have perfectly trained people through classic operant conditioning to do it forever. And all they have to do is keep reminding them that they should do it forever.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's sad that that's the way it is. But mm-hmm. it's like, the companies, especially I would say, like, Magic the Gathering and Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. they don't care if you play the game. They no. really do. Just care if they sell the cards. Yeah. Really, honestly, like the tournaments and everything—that is just advertising for them. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Who cares? It's it's so interesting because like Pokemon is opposite, where like a lot of people collect Pokemon cards, not all the people play. But the Pokemon company, I know through sources, that they desperately want to get more people to play. They like are yeah. actively doing research on like we need, we want people to play, not just buy our cards. We want people to have fun playing this game.
1: I would love to go play if there was like a place nearby that was having a tournament. But I've never been in mm-hmm. an area where there were like people I could play with. Yeah. Yeah, so I've always played. Yeah, I've always played Pokemon alone. So like that's why mm-hmm. I'm such a big fan of the Game Boy Color game, the, the trading mm-hmm. card one. That mm-hmm. is one of my favorite video games. I love playing Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I probably need to play the their app. A little more
0: oh yeah because <laughs> like, they,
1: the they do have an app but i like went into the app and like they didn't ask me like what i wanted my character to look like and i was black <laughs> and i was like i can't do this like, <laughs> they were just like they interpreted my me for my nintendo account which has like you know like my uh, my regular skin tone you mm-hmm. know like the the i'm i'm not super brown but i'm like not white they're <laughs> like, know, like
0: uh we don't have a middle one so black. yeah
1: you're black and i was like i can't play th- i can't <laughs> I can't do this. I, it's like, I'm not allowed to do this.
0: You've been operant conditioned if you enjoy buying booster packs. I don't know what to tell you. There's no re- way to really undo it.
1: It's just the way of our society.
0: This is how your brain works, babes.
1: Yeah, you've been conditioned. I can't. What, am I, what can I say? Good luck. Good luck. Have a nice day, everyone. Thank you for joining us. See you next week. See ya. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Asterion and you can find more of her work at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was narrated by Greg Aronica and you can find him at Cafe3G on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter, Blue Sky, and TikTok. The show is edited every week by Brenda Snell If you love this show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume your podcast content. This podcast is a proud part of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. See you for the next mystery, Mystorians.
2: Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.